0: this is paul i was thinking this morning if i should do anything this morning in terms of video if i should go live streaming i'm not going to be able to do the discord server question and answer the first friday of uh, no, of march because i will be uh, out of town that day and so i'll probably do it the next week uh, although the next week's gonna be busy uh, we'll do it we'll do a march bridges of meaning q a Sometime in March, don't worry. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in Asbury, Kentucky, um, at the Asbury College in Kentucky. Um, I I got wind of this fairly early on. You can hear about it in Twitter. Paul Leitner had some comments about it. Free Rillian, both these guys very much in this little corner. Also had some some questions about it. And um, Free Rillian, I'm just going to use his Twitter handle. Um, he can come on if he wants. Um, you know, he he was up at Bethel uh, Reading, which is north of here, which is a um, one of the, how shall I say it, uh, Pentecostal epicenters in the world today with Bill Johnson and Bethel Church. And there's, you know, there's lots of people have lots of thoughts. Good morning, Guile. Lots of people have lots of thoughts about Bethel Church. And with this, what's going on in Asbury right now, um, a lot of people are going to be thinking about it. So I thought, well, it's interesting watching this in an age of social media. This morning, uh, some people on Twitter, um, one account, somebody pointed out an account of um, some woman in New York City who's a 31-year-old woman who's doing uh, 28 Dates in 28 Days. And so I was watching that, and then just thinking about the power of social media to mold expectations and move minds. And then there's this stuff going on in Asbury. Now i i i caught a bunch of uh, videos this morning, and I want to talk about them a little bit. I think I'm going to start with Glenn Scrivener's treatment. Glenn Scrivener from uh, let's pull it up here glenn scrivener who i um who shared with me the um the the english sausage roll when i was in the uk he he picked me up uh, picked john van and i up from the um from the airport and brought us in to do the tom holland event uh what is asbury well let's let's talk about that phil um i think I think Glenn sets it up quite nicely, and I really like Glenn's guest. Um, and one of the things that Glenn's guest said was that the leaders at Asbury are who are stewarding this right now are they themselves, they themselves are not calling it a revival, partly because that word is so freighted in American evangelicalism and American Christianity. Uh, they are sort of refusing to name it, which I think is uh, a mark of their wisdom, because something is happening, and it's very much falls within a pattern which has been, uh, which the, re- the word revival has been used, and I want to talk about that. So basically, for this video, I'm going to talk about this whole thing a little bit. I'm going to play some video. I'm going to share some things. I'm going to keep an eye in the on the comment section, and after I go on a while about this, and you all know how long I can go. Um, then I'm going to answer questions that are in the comments and then I'll invite people onto the stream and then we'll, we'll, we want to talk about this. So I'm going to begin with what Glenn had to say. And I'm going to have
1: a few other, few other videos that we'll talk about here, but I think Glenn sets it up quite nicely. Hi, I'm Glenn from Speak Life. We want to see all things with Jesus at the center. Today, we're talking about what's being called the Asbury revival with someone who has been there. Last week, Wednesday Chapel at Asbury University, a Christian college in Kentucky, began as ever with some sung worship. The they read from scripture as normal. They're working their way through Romans. At the moment, the preacher came forward as normal. It was the most unprepossessing delivery.
0: Hey, y'all. And I love, I love how uh, Glenn sets this up because those of you who grew up in an evangelical Christian background will know that this is just sort of a mundane, normal chapel service. You got some praise and worship. Now, Asbury is out of the Methodist tradition, so you'll have one of the interesting Asbury University. One of the interesting things that if you're very familiar with American evangelicalism is that even though a lot of these traditions are sort of covered by whatever is the the, the fad or um, whatever is the thing in the, the Christian moment for today. I got to get used to this StreamYard thing. Whatever is, whatever is common in the Christian moment for today, there's sort of a veneer of, um, of the, the songs that we're singing are from CCLI. You don't all know, have to know what that is, and some of you do. Uh, the music, and so it's sort of this, okay, this is this is what evangelicals do. But if you listen carefully, you can almost always hear the particular uh, strands of the tradition sort of creeping into it. I used to I used to play the game with people on the rare Sunday that I didn't have to preach, and I was in town. I would try to go to a a, a church somewhere in the area, and often they didn't have their denominational um, moniker on the on the flag. I mean, about thirty years ago, churches started. Lose dropping the denominational tags, but the the game was to go into the church, look at the stuff on the table, listen carefully to the sermon, and decide: Southern Baptist, Presbyterian, um, Methodist, Pentecostal. Just kind of figure out what what strand these people are from. So this is this is from these are this is a group from the Methodists. So my name's Zach, and I'm back. <laughs> and he, this, is a, this is a college. This is a Christian college chapel service.
1: Spoke on the last thirteen verses of Romans twelve.
0: Thirteen verses, thirty commandments. How are you guys feeling?
1: And he brought home the impossibility of living out this law of love.
0: Now, now, of course, Glenn is a preacher, so he's going to focus on the preacher. Let's see. Oh, let's um. Let's switch tabs here. I am. Uh, I do not have. I do not have the skills of my friend Jacob in uh, in Streamyard yet. But and I'm not going to play this. So, I mean, this is this is big enough news that this thing got on Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson. I don't want to play it because I don't want this video to get pulled down because Fox News, you know, doesn't like me sharing any of their content that they put on their YouTube channel to be shared. Anyway, um, Tucker Carlson had the student body president of Asbury University, this is Asbury University in Kentucky, Asbury University to talk about what's going on. And what's interesting is that what the student body president noted was not the content of the chapel speaker's message. And Glenn talks quite a bit about that. I'm not critiquing that. That's, That's all part of it. But she noted that what happened was a student came up and sort of in an unbidding way wanted to confess some sin. This doesn't necessarily sound like much. But if you look at, so I a lot of what I learned about Revival. I learned via listening to a lot of Tim Keller ooh, about fifteen years ago, and Tim Keller was a student of Richard Lovelace, who was a professor at Gordon Conwell, and Richard Lovelace had done a lot of work on the historical roots of of revival. And yesterday or this morning, actually, I, I had a video with a. Um, uh, a rando who is married to a Korean woman and he's living in Korea. And a lot of people don't know that Christianity, of course, swept through Korea at the beginning of the 20th century. And the roots of that Korean, that transformation of Korea was the, the confession. and And in Korean culture, confession was particularly unusual, especially for high-status people, because in many of these cultures, there's a lot of emphasis on saving face, and public confession is very much sort of a loss of face, and the confession that sparked—now, when I say a revival, this is why the people at Asbury are probably sort of really careful with that word, because people, think when they hear revival, they think about sawdust and tents and and this kind of thing. But Loveless and, you know, especially the Presbyterians that I've learned a lot of this stuff from uh, want to talk about revival in far broader terms and a good place to to find that. OK, now I've got to switch screens again. This isn't this isn't terribly awkward. OBS does this a little bit better. Um Uh, where is, did I put that one up here? I hope so. Uh, oh yeah. Um, is, is Gavin or Ortland? Yeah. He, he did a really good video on this this morning and I watched the whole thing and he, his views are very, very close to mine, even though he's, he's suffering from a dramatic lack of hair on the bottom side of his face. Um I thought his his video was I thought his video was outstanding. He walked through um a few histories of revival and then he topped it off with what I thought was just absolutely tremendous, a video of his grandfather and his grandmother talking about their experience at Wheaton in the 1970s in a revival. So let me play a little bit of that. He won't he won't pull this down from my channel. Will you, Gavin?
2: most excited about about this video the third revival i want to talk about a video clip i will share for my grandparents talking about their experience at wheaton college in i think don't hold me to this i think it was 1970 um my grandfather was the pastor of lake avenue church in pasadena for 20 years 1959 to 1979 i've heard so many stories of that because i served on staff at a church that was kind of a sister church to that church and so he he's he's he was a real hero of mine i, I you know you'll see their personality and i love my grandparents how they kind of finish each other's sentences in this video clip but but both of them were just such amazing people of god my grandfather is such a wonderful humble servant of christ uh, I, I aspire to follow in his steps and those of my dad and mom and others that i've known every day it's kind of a humbling thing to have these people in your own family that you admire and look up to so much but i want to show about six minutes of this video clip and no, i don't know if i'll see that's what i initially had i might narrow it down you'll see but i want you to hear them describe what god did and then i want to make two comments
3: about it and we were invited to be speakers at uh, late 60s early 70 early 70 at uh, wheaton college And that really was one of the great changes in our life. It was cold; it was terribly cold in that February, about five degrees below zero or Mm. above zero or something. And it was just as cold among the students.
4: Mm. Uh, There had been,
3: you know, there was a uh, the split between the old and the young, and the.
0: Dude, let your wife at least get an interjection. (laughs) Spiritually, she's right. And there
3: was a in society, all yeah. the stuff going on about the, uh, about students. Oh,
0: in all fairness, it could be because at this age, it gets a little hard to hear. And my wife and I are joking about, you know, we're we're going to be this couple that we're talking over each other. It's, it's just because we can't hear each other anymore. It's protesting this and protesting
3: that. Mm. And um, drugs
5: on campus.
3: Some students came up about three or four of them from Asbury College and seminary. And they said that God had met them there and we were very very impressed and our people at lake avenue were praying 24 hours around the clock each taking 15 minute segments and they were praying for a working of the holy spirit the revival to come to the campus
5: by tuesday night groups were starting to gather back in their dorms uh and and just sing and talk about what they had been hearing wednesday night uh every dorm was doing it so they Telephoned each other and said, "Why are we separate? Let's go back to the auditorium, the chapel, and and keep having a service there." And they prayed and so on. Well, then Thursday night, a big football guy came to Ray before the service began, yeah. and he said, "He
3: said, you know, I need to, uh, I need to say something." And so I said, "Fine, you just come up before I speak. Come up and say something now." He, and he stood up there and he said, I've been part of the uh, part of the
5: rebellion. rebellion
3: on this campus. I've been part of the rebellion in my home. I've written, I've called home and I've told my uh, mother and dad and brothers and sisters that I am really sorry I've done that. I've asked God's forgiveness. And he said, I, I've come to ask your forgiveness. And he turned to the president, Dr. Armadine, and said, Dr. Armadine, would you please forgive me? And uh, he was weeping. By wow. the
5: time he finished talking, the kids had lined up on both sides of the pulpit there, and waiting their turn to say something. And
3: we never asked them to do this.
5: Hmm. And Ray never preached that night.
3: <laughs> and it went on from 7 in the evening until 7 in the morning.
4: No. And the oh.
5: only reason it quit is because there were quite a few waiting for their turn at 7. But a lot of the faculty hadn't been there, didn't know what was going on, and... So they said, Well, classes have to start at eight. So they broke
0: Oh, up. those faculty members, come on.
5: <laughs> but that next night, Friday night, the same thing happened. They just started. You know, eight. it
0: was, it, there was nothing
3: strange about it. It was honesty. And they'd break out in song, and one would say,
0: I just want to. Okay. And that's, that's key here. It was honesty. And that's so if you watch Gavin's video, you'll see that through it. And you'll hear that in. In Tim Keller's talk about revival, you'll hear that in the Presbyterian minister that um that that Glenn has on his. And Gavin makes this point again and again. Now, when when you look at it, there is a there is a live stream, somebody's doing it. That, that's what's amazing right now is that this is on TikTok, this is on Twitter, this is on uh YouTube. Somebody is live streaming this thing. And this is going to trigger a lot of people. I already see in the comments talk about the Toronto blessing, the International House of Prayer. It's all a very interesting. It's all a very interesting movement, and there's a lot of people out there that are going to like some in this corner who have, we're who going to say, boy, I, I went through that and bad things happened, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I don't, I don't doubt any of that, but I also don't um, want to deny. I mean, it's just like everything else. The the good things that come through this,
3: pray, and he prayed. There was nothing strange about it. It was honesty, and they break out in song. And one would say, "I just want to pray," and he prayed. So another person would say, "You know, I've been uh, I've been doing this. I've been doing that, and I I know it's hurt my relationship with God, with people, and um, I ask your forgiveness, and I know God will forgive me." Pray for me. And there would be another person who said, you know, I've I've been cheating here in the campus in the,
0: in the classes. And they- and and you see the you see the confession? You see the honesty. Now, Mark here in the comments says, if you think Peterson is a revival, then you misunderstand something important. Um when I talk about revival, I'm not talking about sawdust and tent meetings. Uh Tim Keller following Loveless made the point that what happens, how, how you know what, what they mean by revival is that sort of everything in the church gets energized at once. Um, teaching gets better. Worship gets better. Evangelism gets more effective. Um, people's consciences with respect to social issues gets intensified. It, it's sort of like all the different elements. Richard Foster talks about these, let's see, that might books are way over there so I can't grab the book but Richard Foster talks about these these different streams that are in the church and what happens at these moments in time and they come into the world is suddenly everything changes and there's this huge history of this around the world now often it isn't they, people don't use the word revival but the patterns are the same and the patterns are the, the patterns are classical. In terms of the things that Christians value—confession of sin, attention to the Scripture, holiness in life, um, social conscience—that's um, um, that's that's both that's both rigorous and loving at the same time. All of these things sort of come together. Uh, Jonathan Edwards talked about these sort of these. I'm gonna, I'm gonna riff on John. It's sort of opponent processing excellencies that back and forth, back and forth. And I should, I'm talking, I should be in a bigger window, back and forth, back and forth. Things are just sort of all leveling up. And and not just in terms of one aspect or another, not just in terms of one stream or another, but all of these elements of Christianity just sort of it's like uh, some bad movie it's like a fast and furious movie when someone hits the hits the nitro and suddenly a car that was fast or even moderate suddenly becomes supercharged and starts blazing down the road that's what we're talking about and so well, let's let's let these 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 two finish
3: there was i maybe regarding their home their family their uh and it was one it was never strange, you know, never, never kind never of weird cuckoo. yeah, mm-hmm. it' was not weird. It was honesty. There would be laughter and tears. Mm. There was uh, confession and praise. It was it was happy uh, relief and release. Once you've kind of seen love.
5: that, you could never be the same again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just we just we desired with all of our hearts that God would make us instruments for renewal yes. around the world. And
3: that he would do this at Lake Avenue. And that happened. I think there were several years in the 70s where there was kind of slow burn revival mm-hmm. at Lake Avenue, mm-hmm. where there would be people after service gathered in small groups of prayer and so on. And I'm not trying to say that everyone did that, but but it was not odd to see that happening. <laughs> and up towards Santa Barbara, we were there with a church and uh, oh, hi. the pastor was quite uh, quite fearful because he'd been a church where he had been asked to leave and, uh, and so they were he was in need of affirmation and need of love and in need of God's work among the people. And he said uh,
5: to them, "Do you realize that the side of my face has begun to twitch?" He said, "I've been here as your pastor for just a year now. And it was after the first year in my last church that they all turned on me. Mm. And he said, "I'm, I'm just waiting for, the other shoe to drop. I, mm. you know, who's going to be the first to attack me here?" And the people stormed forward, didn't mm. they? And they put their arms around him.
3: and but when he confessed, told him
5: affirming things,
3: when he confessed his insecurity and confessed his fears, then others were free to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was a great time of of release and honesty that came together. Never an unhealthy honesty, but just always loving, caring uh, response to each other.
2: Two things that stand out to me about that. Number one is when he he talks about how it.
3: All
0: right, I'm going to go a little bit earlier when when Gavin talks about what is revival, because that that very much gets into what I've been talking about.
2: So anyway, um, now let me let me talk a little bit about the theology behind that excitement. And, you know, I thought this is where I thought it could be useful to just reflect upon the theology of revival a little bit. Some people might say, you know, Gavin, why are you so uh, I've had I've had people express surprise that I'm more charismatic in my views because I also love like really high scholastic theology and stuff like that. So let me share a little bit about why one of my goals in my life is I want to be more known for what I'm for than what I'm against. I want enthusiasm to come out of me more.
0: And and that's that's really a good thing because in some ways part of the problem of Christian YouTube is that it is known for what it is against because you can you can the social media will you you can you can rev up social media by being against
2: more than alarm and negativity. I mean, you have to you have to do both. But you think of like in the New Testament, in the book of Jude, and the ordinary Christian life. We've seen it maybe done in a way where the the gospel loses focus or theology gets out of whack. Um, let me offer a definition of revival from my dad's book and that I find really helpful. He says, revival is the season of the life of the church when God causes the normal ministry of the gospel to surge forward with extraordinary spiritual power. It is the normal ministry of the gospel, not something eccentric or even different from what the church is always charged to do. What sets revival apart is simply that our usual efforts greatly accelerate in their spiritual effects. God hits the fast forward button.
0: And I don't think fast forward, button. well, maybe if you're using, maybe he wrote this in the seventies when you had a cassette tape recorder, but this is a, this is an excellent definition of, of what I'm talking about where, and again, Loveless Keller following Loveless. I was going to find the audio clip because back in the, in the, in the 20 aughts I was um, listening to all kinds of things on MP3 um, Keller talks about this again, it's sort of, if you think about Richard Foster's, see, normally if I was making this video instead of live streaming, I would pause it, I would go get the book, I would find them, I would read it, but this is the downside of doing this in live stream. But you look at Richard Foster's Streams of Living Water, you have like the charismatic stream, the sacramental scre- stream, the um, the evangelistic stream, the pietistic stream. I mean, all of these, they just all sort of Go forward. well let's let's jump back now to Glenn's video. Oh uh, glenn Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Is this the one? Yeah, I think so. Yes, there it is. You cannot love until you are loved by Jesus.
1: The love of God for ourselves. That's what he preached. Five of us seemed to stay and to continue to worship. And to pray and to hear from Scripture and to study Scripture and to confess their sins and bring words of testimony. As hours stretched on into days, even the local news stations started to take note.
0: Gann as a routine chapel service at Asper University has turned into something much bigger. Now people are coming from other cities and colleges to be a part of what's happening.
1: Asbury has a history of this kind of thing, stretching back to 1905 and then 1908 and 1921, 1950. There was a very particular revival that people think of when they think of Asbury. And for a week, classes were canceled. And for many weeks on, lives were touched in the most astonishing way.
5: People were full of awe. There was a, a godly fear there.
0: Now, this is this is where the whole um, this is where the whole Protestant conversation gets really interesting because of course Protestants aren't supposed to have um holy sites Protestants aren't supposed to have, you know, pilgrimages. Protestants aren't supposed to have relics. Protestants aren't supposed to have icons. But I remember uh, one of Jonathan Peugeot's conversations with Richard Rowland, and Richard Roland was a Protestant. He was, he was walking into the seminary and he was seeing the pictures of like fat past college presidents. And well, these things, these things generate. And the fact that this has happened before in this place, but, but, but it's it's important to notice sort of the mixture between the mundane. this is an ordinary chapel service, which, again, if you went to, let's say, some evangelical school, the evangelical the the, the chapel service would seem um, banal. I, y- y'all have been tutoring me on my English pronunciation, banal. And then suddenly, this thing breaks out, and it, it sort of it sort of takes on. A life of its own, let's say.
5: That was not uh, fear in the sense of being afraid, but just a taste of how indescribable God is, how magnificent He is, how loving He is, how full of grace He is. Something that you wouldn't toy with, mock. Um, It was almost like you wanted to... Be as near as you could, but you didn't dare get too
1: near. From Asbury.
0: Now it's interesting if you go to my conversation that I had this week. Boy, what a what an amazing conversation with, um, with with Jordan Wood this week. Um, love talking to him. That was that was really really good. But again, so much of so much of what gets codified in a tradition comes out of the desire to, um, was, it, was it Jim Croce, who wrote the song Time in a Bottle? I always think of that when I think about sort of this idea that, um, and, and I'm preaching on the Transfiguration this week, and when when Jesus and Moses and Elijah are there on the mountain shining like the sun, Peter says, let, Let's build some tabernacles. Let's, in a sense, he wants to put time in the bottle. This let make this moment stay. And this is so human. Um, I think about boy, I'm really dating myself with all these um, pop song references. I think about Dan Fogelberg, you know, how can we make love stay? And and Christian traditions always try to do this by but by trying to cement some things. And again, that's not a bad thing. In fact, one of the videos that I had in mind of making was riff, you know, picking up on some of what Jordan Wood and I were talking about about this, okay, let's if we can if we can nail down the doctrine. I mean, that that's where right doctrine can become idolatrous. Even though right doctrine is important, if our faith is in the right doctrine, it's idolatrous if um or it's the right practice and and so you see in the in the reformation period if we can read scripture aright then god will visit us and woo us and overwhelm us and enthrall us and 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 it's it's in some ways like in a marriage when um let's say people have been married for a while and Here's another here's another campy love song you know you've lost that loving feeling um I've fallen out of in love with you I remember talking to one guy who's he had all kinds of problems in his life but he was talking about his relationship with his um with his wife and he said you know I love her but I'm not in love with her anymore and you know so clearly many of us would understand that he's um song references date you more than your big white beard <laughs> Thank you, Senor Ceboya. Um, that Senor Ceboya should be a, a character in uh in Veggie Tales. But but you know, he was talking about the fact that you can sort of make an idolatry out of feet that that I remember falling in love for the first time. I mean, I had crushes before and um you know i had interest in this girl or that girl but i remember i i remember so vividly and clearly when when i fell in love with the woman that is my wife and it it was it's like revival in that suddenly it happened in the spring at calvin college and you know all the the drippings of how many silly love songs came true um i mean spring was springier and food was tastier and the air was purer and I mean it's so we could call it a flow state. Um and and so there's all of this once you've tasted this and again this isn't just this isn't just a moment of Christian let's see, let's see. I have a video that's coming out with with a rando who is um you know we, we talked about mysticism and by definition, you can't, you can't reproduce the ineffable with words, okay? We'll say it that way. But, you know, falling in love is like that. You, you, it's difficult to describe. And so thousands and thousands of songs try to capture falling in love with music and words. And, and in fact, um, on Valentine's Day, millions of couples try to sort of once again taste some of that heady excitement but it's, you know, you can't sort of live in that, even though, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of media out there that sort of wants you to live in that. because um, sometimes marriage is about taking out the garbage and doing the dishes. And and it's often about sacrificial love. And so part of what I like, see I'm still working on my sermon, I haven't done the rough draft yet. Part of what I like about what happens with the transfiguration comes right after Peter's one of Peter's big stumblings where he tells Jesus that, no, Jesus, that crucifixion thing, we're not going to let that happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus takes him, Peter, who he just called Satan, a week later up on a hill and, and shows him his glory. So when stuff like this breaks out, there's this especially in a social media age it's easy to get cynical about it so that's one pitfall the other pitfall is to get idolatrous about it and you can get idolatrous about it by by saying okay there there it is okay well yeah there it is and there's going to be people who are burned by it there will be excesses and it sounds a little bit a little bit later in the video when he's talking to this uh, Presbyterian minister it it sounds like and this Presbyterian minister actually had a Twitter a Twitter thread where he was talking about it and he took it down because he sounds like he has a healthy sobriety about the what could become a really unhealthy intersection between social media and what's happening in Asbury there's going to be a healthy intersection between social media and what's happening in Asbury and there's going to be an unhealthy social media intersection between what's happening in Asbury there's going to be both and there's going to be people whose lives are permanently changed by what's happening there in all the classic christian ways they're going to confess their sin they're going to make new commitments they're going to they're going to start lives of ministry again these movements some of these movements have changed the course of history in ways that are so profound we can hardly do justice to them in words. For example, the the revival that christianized Korea. I mean that and and these things are happening all around the world and probably most of them are never written about. Some of them are small and short-lived, some of them are big and and massive. And, you know, part of what I liked about Gavin's, I mean, Gavin and I, I I suspect I haven't watched much of his channel. I haven't watched much of his channel probably because we agree on too much. And so if there's a channel that I agree too much with, I don't find enough interest in it. And so what you have with a very, with a closer reading of history is you find that there's a lot of, I'm not even going to say cycles because that's too regular. There's a lot of ups and downs, even in very Christian parts of the world, with respect to church attendance and Christianity. I noted this when I was reading, uh, maybe it was a book on Vatican I that I was reading, which was itself a good book that I think maybe, I think maybe Kale Zeldin recommended to me. But I mean, right before right before the, the French Revolution, there was a massive Christian revival in France. And what do I mean by that? Do I mean that they had the kinds of things that we tend to associate now with revival? No, I mean that suddenly churches were filled. Um, I'm sure people were, you know, hungering and thirsting after the sacrament. They were devoting themselves to go to to mass and to go to confession. There was the starting of Christian societies, yada, yada, yada. And that was not too long before this enormous collapse of, you know, what, what would become the, the French Revolution with respect to the church. And we live such short-lived lives. Like right now, I hear it all the time. Well, you know, the church is, the church is, the church is going away. Mm, probably not. Probably not. And in fact, I noted on, oh, the channel Skeptic. Oh, what's that dude's name? Shermer. Um, You know, he had somebody on. (laughs) It's it's so interesting because Christians like to get real panicky because, again, it can get you a lot of attention being panicky. Christians like to get real panicky about sort of the bottom falling out of the church. And that sort of alarm isn't sort of rallies the base. And that's part of the reason why Christians do it. So when um, when michael sherman get Shermer gets all alarmism by having some some person on who's an academic that says you know these Pentecostal groups are growing like wildfire then all the then all the skeptics panic oh the Christians are coming the Christians are coming and then people are gonna believe in tongues and things and it's like, yeah cool your heels we've uh, people have been um People have been enthusiastic throughout history, hence the word enthusiasm, and they've been doing it in good and bad ways all the time. So again, my my point here with Asbury is that there seems to be a focus on all of the important and classic areas of Christianity, confession, worship. Holiness, um, devotion to the scriptures, um, you know, following through and living out the cruciform, rigorous, challenging, joyful Christian life. But again, it just all, now again, it all goes up a level. Now, part of opponent processing within us is that we can't live at that level very long. You can't, well, why do, you know, you fall in love and you skip classes and you uh, spend all of your time with your beloved and, 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 and then at some point, um, you know, your body can't take it anymore. And so you settle into a routine, hopefully a good routine. And you settle into a routine that maintains the relationship and celebrates the relationship and stretches the relationship. And, and that happens in the Christian life as well. This is part of the reason that I, I've i often said, and those of you who have watched the channel for a long time, becoming a Christian is less like buying a sensible used car, less like sort of a working through a rational algorithm, although that sometimes happens for people, and more like falling in love. And so... What we see happening, I would suspect, in Asbury is exactly that, that there is again. And this often happens with students. Now, someone might, you know, some smart psychologist might say, of course, this is happening with young people. Young people are prone to enthusiasms. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Edwards knew that. We've known that all along. Good and ill, some of the uh, contagions that are passed around via social media, uh, young people are highly susceptible to this, but that isn't necessarily oh, uh, that isn't necessarily a um, a way to sort of move this away. Um, Patrick Wagner, during the Welsh revival, mine workers who had never a- entered a church in their lives suddenly found they could not swear at the donkeys in the pits. This is exactly what we're talking about. And this stuff has happened again and again and again and again. And it should be no surprise that it's happening now. Yet, yeah, it's, again, if we get back into more of our spiritual conversations, this isn't something, this is something deeply desired, but we can't manufacture it. And, and there's always a cynicism that emerges, I think, when when people try too hard to manufacture it. It's, it's the fact, oh shoot, now I've got, what, what was I just watching that was connected to this? It's it's again like let's say let's say a couple let's say a couple's marriage is in trouble and they desperately want for their marriage to not be in trouble, or you can have this for a Christian who is who is struggling with their faith and they're um, they're they're on the verge of deconstructing and they desperately want not to deconstruct, or, or someone who has you know, listen to Jordan Peterson and gotten involved in this little corner and is and is trying to believe, but they, you know, maybe they were raised in a home that did Christianity badly, and it really left a bad taste in their mouth, and they desperately want to believe. You can't manufacture it. And so this is, you know, again, if you listen to Gavin, Gavin Ortler in this or Glenn Scrivener, classically Christian, this is why Christians then pray. And and God sometimes says no. And that's the, that's the frustration of being in a relationship with a living God. Okay, I'm not thinking about the AI stuff. I mean, an AI engine will try to reliably deliver to those, to the lovelorn and lonely, an AI relationship that will satisfy them. And what they find at the bottom is that they are dissatisfied because they need something that is personal. It's it's got suchness and moreness. It's deeper. It's unpredictable, and by that unpredictability, it there will be both disappointment and serendipitous, surprising joy and pleasure. And so, when something like this happens, I you know probably all kinds of Christian hucksters out there and charlatans, you know, desperately want that. Oh, if only we could have revival. And so then they'll. What what am I? F- my favorite Steve Martin movies is Leap of Faith. And, and I think Leap of Faith as a movie really captures, we love manufacturing revivals. Ever watch the Super Bowl? Indeed, indeed. Nicely, nicely done, Matt. Um, yeah, Luke, ooh, revival talk. Um, and the donkeys were used to responding to the swearing. Absolutely, Anselman. We We long to be gosh we long to be ravished yeah uh, um us men too and but that's that's such it's male female masculine feminine um we long to be ravished we long to be wooed we long to we long to be the bride of Christ which is swept up by our beloved and and not just when I say we I mean that in a deep way as a plural we as the church we as a body we as a community and and this has been the pattern in christianity right from the start but yet you know what's what's amazing is that you have to always enter into these moments with sobriety and i think the the same kind of sobriety that let's say you see with that jesus has with respect to his galilean ministry so of course, Jesus, if you read the gospels, the first part of the gospels, Jesus is in Galilee and He's doing miracles. And you know, people are people have been coming out. Why is John the Baptist Elijah? Because he's preparing the way, and people are coming out, and it's a baptism of repentance with John the Baptist. And just like revivals here that we're talking about, it starts with repentance and it starts with holiness. And John the Baptist says. You know, you with two tunics or you with two cloaks, give one to the one who doesn't have any. And soldiers, don't use your power to extort the people that are vulnerable to you. And so John the Baptist lays down all of this stuff, but this stuff isn't enough because that stuff without the marriage is can so easily become tyranny. Without the love, it can become tyranny. And so then Jesus comes along, and of course, Jesus is doing these miracles, and massive numbers of people are, are coming out to to see the miracles and see the healings and, and listen to Jesus preach. And so in many ways, that's sort of like a revival. But again and again, in the Gospels, they're like, yeah, Jesus understands what's going on, but he also knows that a lot of the people there are there for the show. so. You know, be a little careful. And again, the disciples are in sort of like the you know the top tier. They're they're really down, which meant they're really desperate. I've never been able to find a Mark. It was an early Mark Marin podcast when he used to podcast from his garage. I remember he was talking about one woman in Hollywood who, you know, had a real drug problem, had a real that had a lot of real problems, and he basically said, you know. You know, a lot of people, some people can get sort of sober from a 12-step program and that's good enough, but it's the, it's the really troubled people that have to go all the way to Christianity for rescue. And um, I thought, yeah, that's right. So there you go, Chad. Um, (laughs) There you go, Lance. (laughs) So what's interesting to me is going to be watching this. In an age of social media, because again, social media is going to, oh gosh, I cannot imagine all the people that are making their way to Asbury, you know, in Kentucky. I cannot imagine what the poor people sort of stewarding and trying to control this thing have to deal with you're going to have people from all over the world who want to get on the stage and and i mean this this can go bad any number of ways and at some point it will this is human and and so the leaders of this are trying to manage this they don't want to quench the spirit you know again it's it's order and chaos you need enough freedom to let the chaotic nature of this run okay we're going to cancel classes you think there's not going to be a cost to canceling classes there will be but they're saying there's going to be a greater benefit because what's going to happen here will likely benefit people more than the classes so we're going to have to figure out what to do with classes we're going to have to figure out with who to let in the room we're going to have to and and at some point it's going to stop it's going to peter out and um Some people are going to come out of there with, um, I went all the way to Asbury University in Kentucky, and somebody hit on me. (laughs) People are going to have that story. Um, But again, the quality of this is going to be just like with less swearing at the donkeys and the mines. Um, There is going to be holiness, and there is going to be generosity, and there is going to be All of these things, in all likelihood, again, I'm not there. I don't know. I've watched some of the video. And again, I'm watching it on video. And I'll I'll tell you, watching it on video is not the same as being there. So buy your tickets to Chino. (laughs) Maybe revival will break out. Well, Patrick's got another quote. Patrick's really good with quotes. Um, Our ability to believe what is happening does not in any way limit what is actually happening. Absolutely. Another great quote. All right. Um, oh, that's right. I got all these, I got all these powers in uh, in stream, the yard that I know that I usually don't have read my email, Lance, Lance has an email for me. All right. Um, go to my email. Where, where's. I'm looking for your email, Lance. I'm looking for your email. Read my mail. Oh, maybe that's a different kind of joke. Um, Luke, I want to spirit. So, okay, let me. uh... (laughs) Because cynicism and having an opinion on absolutely everything has taken over the world. Yeah, I like that pick. The supercharging caused by revival applies across many of the categories of religious experience. Both grace and judgment, forgiveness and shame, jubilation and sadness are heightened to the extremes. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Why is the event controversial? Well, news demands content. And anybody who's been to a Christian college and sat through how many uh, unremarkable chapels. <laughs> Hearing of one that hasn't quit for a week plus <laughs> and people are flying from all over the world to go to your chapel. And, you know, again, this is part of the reason I I see revival around the work of Jordan Peterson. And it's not just popularity, okay? And, you know, post said it, best to me once Poe the person she said you know came for the came for the culture war stayed for the religion and and that's what happened and again a lot of the marks within the jordan peterson um thing you know truth telling um i mean sort sort of jordan's one of jordan's theme of radical truth telling i talked plenty about jordan you know my critique's positive and negative so um yeah i'll just put this one here during the welsh revival mine workers who had never entered a church in their lives suddenly found that they could not swear at the donkeys in the pits there is a huge amount of documentation historical documentation on revivals all around the world it's fascinating literature and um now's a great time to go looking for it because people are going to be um to be honest, one of the reasons we love revivals in America is because American culture is already very charismatic, even while secular. That's exactly right. And in America, we've had you know the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening. I would argue that in many, way, in many ways, the civil rights movement was, for many people, sort of a revival. And, and revivals have very different characters and flavors. So a number of people have talked about the Toronto blessing and all of that. It's easy to get cynical. I would expect that every re- every revival in human history has, because they are human, has problematic aspects, and I completely expect some will have far more, uh, their quotient of of trouble is more than less. Some will be more pure than others. But these... So when I was reading <laughs> Bart Ehrman's book about the sort of the coming of Christianity, I mean, basically, if you read that book carefully, you, you see that Christianity overtook the Roman Empire, it seemingly by a series of massive revivals. Now, I would say that revivals often come in periods of anxiety and despair. They come in periods of nihilism and we certainly are having one now so so the coming of a revival to me shouldn't shouldn't be a surprise all right um kentucky spirit superior Can't confer <laughs> mark um i feel like the point of revival is not to try to cling to it that's right or to control it but to experience it it's to be it's it's the same point as falling in love. It's a gift. I mean, to fall in love, and I don't mean unrequited love because that's a that's a torment. Uh, I gotta get my I gotta get my water bottle. It, it's a gift from God for His people for the church. It's, you know, again, I'm thinking about my sermon this Sunday, which is Peter's, you know, we're not going to let the crucifixion happen to you, Jesus. And then the transfiguration, the transfiguration is a gift and it's a gift to them, which I think is why Jesus says to them, now don't tell anybody about this quite yet, okay? Because it's a gift. It's a gift of encouragement. And I think it's a way that God says to his church that is struggling. The church in America is struggling it's divided it's bickering it's um it's warring and i think you know god through revivals says to the church i haven't abandoned you or forsaken you i am still here um and and i think the main message of this is the message of the book of jonah salvation is of the lord um and we we can't manufacture revivals um we grow from it and we bring it into everyday life. I think that's I think that's exactly right. Um. <laughs> Phlebas says, "Well, I've decided if Anselman isn't skeptical, then I won't be either." There we go. There's the gold standard. Yeah, there you go, Anselman. Good prayer. Um, Jesus, save souls and build Thy church. Andrew Walker. People have been praying for a revival since at least the 70s, which it's 1970s. You know, anybody, you know, anybody who can remember the 70s? So I was born in the 60s, so I remember the 70s well. But um, yeah, uh, those of us, you know, people have been praying for revival all along. It's sort of like waiting for the second coming. It doesn't go away in Christianity. And it's not obvious that they they were all praying for the same thing. Hence, controversy does not surprise me. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Good quote, Lindsay Mason. Uh-oh, Lindsay Mason had a good quote. Oh, she's quoting from the Book of Acts. All right. Um, oh, look at that. A little bit of rando love. Anselman is awesome. Can confirm. All right. All um, right. We did get revolvers in the seventies. Yeah, the Jesus movement—another great. You know, talk to, you know, Burn. <laughs> Burn Power has done his own share of forest gumping through life, and what I mean by forest gumping is not, um, not in any sense derogatory. But Burn Power was there at the Jesus movement in the seventies and participated in that. Lonnie Frisbee, all of what went into that, and he was at he was at Labrie. And he, um, you know, was in New York for some interesting times. So Burn has been, uh, Burn has been around, lots of different things. A small number of folks can destroy a large structure that was built over time and maintained by a lot of people. Destruction is cheap and easy. Construction is hard and rare. Yeah, and, and construction is also a gift. And that's part of that's my main point about this. That these things are gifts. And they should be welcomed that way uh, and 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 it's that spirit of gratitude with which they should be received um wow wow see see we got revival breaking out in the live chat right now we've got anselman and mark LeFavor uh loving on each other my goodness my goodness um thanks glad for the support it's been in short supply with awakening from the meeting crisis blow up and grim um and grim rage quitting his own stream oh i haven't watched that stream um oh there's a good question so if you want questions answered obviously just put them in the chat and i'll i'll deal with them should we think of asbury as just being as just recently being dead or containing death if indeed there is revivification there's always Mortification and vivification are always part of the Christian life. Peterson, which video was that? Was that the gold guy or was that Louise Perry? Peterson talked about even biologically, there's an aspect of us biologically where our cells need to keep dying and in, in the body, and then new ones need to keep growing. That's part of our. Biological systems, because if the cell doesn't die, they tend to go cancerous. Um, And so there's a healthy balance in there. And the Christian life is always that. The difficulty we have, and social media and our culture has not helped us with this, is our attention spans are short. We very much live in the moment. And the power and the illusion that we have created with our media tools. And with our pharmaceuticals leads us to imagine that we can sort of live in one high to the next. Whereas, just take a look at the life of Moses. Moses, you know, Moses is going to get thrown into the Nile and mama's like, yeah, I'll throw him in the Nile within a boat, in an ark, in a basket, gets scooped up by Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah, this is an archetypal story. Uh, raised in Pharaoh's home, it's going to be a would-be revolutionary liberator of the slaves. You know, you know. Okay, Moses, go down, Moses, and um, you know, complete failure. Runs away. Spends forty years watching sheep in the wilderness. Pretty good if you got to keep um, people alive in the wilderness. To have known the wilderness well enough to keep sheep alive. So then at the ripe old age of 80, the Lord taps him on his shoulder via a burning bush and says, yeah, you know that vision you had when you were 40 years old of liberating Egypt? You're my man. And Moses is like, I ain't going to do that. And the Lord's like, I wasn't asking. (laughs) And Moses like, No, I'm not the guy you want. And the Lord's like, "Ah, I made you, I've engineered your life. You're the guy and you're going to do it. And, um, you know, if you really want to push me and make excuses, it's going to get ugly for you. So let's get with the program. And of course, it happens. So it's such a Christian cliche, but it's not our timing. Our time frames are really little. So great question. Oh, the questions are flowing. Uh, let's see. It's the state of all of us, Ian always find we are more dead than we thought always more life in Christ true. Um, the beginning Glenn Squiver surely one of the most underwhelming introductions ever. The man who introduced me to the, I'm sorry Glenn. <laughs> I love Glenn. Glenn is a Glenn is a Glenn is a lot of fun and he's even more fun in person than he is on YouTube. so um, um, showing up is 80% of life. Oh Woody Allen question for Paul all right if you interviewed Gavin if you interviewed Gavin Orland for this channel what topics would you want to discuss so that you're you're not in too much agreement well of course you know exactly what I would do if I'd have him on the channel I would begin with his life and I'm sure so it sounds like his grandfather was a minister his father wrote books so he's another third generation at least third generation something so we'd probably do some comparing notes um, I'm sure we'd have a perfectly lovely conversation. Um, I think he should definitely work on facial hair. That would be one of my comments. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched that much of his channel. And again, partly because. Y'all have had a chance to see me for who I am and what I like and, um, your critiques of me, um, (laughs) All of you have in your mind a list of what Paul Vander Clay should do and refuses to do. That's pretty good, uh, pretty good indication of who I am and how I differ from you. So, um, I, I get really frustrated with Christian YouTube, <laughs> and I think you know, I, I got to be really careful with that because I haven't watched enough of his channel, and I think everything that I've seen. I, I've been quite positive about, I can get really, cynic- I, part of the reason I, I'm really cautious about cynicism is, so, is because I'm so susceptible to it that, you know, if I see some nice young man on YouTube talking about Christianity, I get cynical fast. And, um, I, that's something I have to repent of. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll talk at some point. Um, Never mock a personal conviction of sin. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Grim setting me up. Hey, we'll have our spats. Um, Frequent attitude in my circles is doubt since they aren't um, viewing the happening, following formula they expect or prefer. Yeah, and, and part of, so part of what happens with media and obviously in a hyper way with social media is that you can't present something like this without doing it through your showing your frame and doing it through your filters. So, um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot of this. Um, Asbury is uniquely suited for this revival moment. The Wesleyan holiness movement was the Methodist, um, caution that helps, um, helps with cast order. That's right. This is Methodism, as I mentioned before, in the early 20th century, one of the things that the christian Reform church was most anxious about was Methodism. And so in many ways, some of this kind of thing. Um, all right. Clint D., my suggestion is that, um, is that is to quit quibbling on the internet, pray for the unrepentant, and that the power of the good news is proclaimed. Um, Let's see yeah i i I really I really liked his guest. I had no idea who his guest was um he said he was he was invited to that chapel and he couldn't make it, so <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why of all things I had to say no to? I had to say no to that. Let that be a let that be an example to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Anselman. I didn't have time to. Acts 538 was about the counsel of the Pharisees to leave the apostles alone rather than risk fighting against God. There you go, Anselman. Um interesting. Interesting that the nucleus of this is Methodist, though, considering that the denomination is breaking at the seams. Oh, that's right. It's it's gonna be very interesting. So of course the United Methodist Church has had one of the more oof, one, one of the one of the most difficult fights over same-sex marriage. So so Methodism, church structure matters with all of these things. And Methodists sort of had one body all over the world. And so there are a lot of very liberal, progressive, United Methodist churches that wanted to sort of full, go go full bore into same-sex marriage stuff. And they also had a lot of African bishops that were like, over my dead body. And oh, just the way these things roll out. And then COVID hit. So then you had a lack of being able to go through cross borders and now i've got a friend who's been he's a retired christian foreign minister and for one reason or another he's been worshiping with the united methodist church in his region and so he's been reporting on this and it's just it's just been a this it's just been incredible now what would be i mean this thing is just a couple weeks old and, and this again is part of the downfall of social media that we hear about it so soon and social media itself will be a player in this, both in terms of accelerating word about it and probably the dangers of corruption. But, you know, something like this could transform the United Methodist Church in America. Now, it's already sort of splitting off and um, the Harvest guy who does denominations, I've, I've had some of his videos on my channel before. He's, he's, he's a good one to watch on some of this stuff. Um, um, I'm a little late, but the talk about Peterson reminded me of a Schopenhauer quote. Oh, let's get to the Schopenhauer quote. As our walking is admittedly nothing but a constant preventing falling, so the life of our bodies is nothing but a constantly preventing, prevented dying, and even postponed death. That's a good quote. Um, That's why you're fired, Paul. The list is only getting longer. True, true. Um, All right, Guile. If you spend hours worshiping, praying, worshiping something that is false, since prayer is participatory, it will be affected. It isn't complicated. That's why theology is always going to be a concern, as is. That's true. And, you know, participation, again, you know, there's a little buzzword in this little corner of the internet. And yeah, this is all about participation. It's the reason people are, it's the re- probably the reason you can't get a hotel room anywhere near Asbury University, Kentucky right now. And all the Airbnbs are full, and people are flying to. We should find this thing on the map. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, let me present share screen. Let's just do a window. Okay, let's do the, let's do the screen. Let's do that. Um, Asbury University. Pulham Drive, Wilmore, Kentucky. I've never in my life heard of Wilmore, Kentucky. There it is. Wilmore's a little... Oh boy, people are going to have trouble. There, people are going to be camping in farms. Somebody call Grim Grizz. Let's see outside of Lexington. All right, uh, go. Uh, okay, so Louisville, proud bigger city, bigger airport. Um, you can drive there from Cincinnati, up from Nashville, Knoxville. There it is. Oh, Asbury Inn and Suites. I you go there, and I'm sure they're absolutely full. Adventure Serve Ministry, um, Slavic Church of Evangelic, Evangelic Faith, Asbury University, Equine Service. So, oh, and a McDonald's not too far away. There you go. So that's where um, that's where Asbury is. All right. Uh, Dead churches, failing churches, empty churches, led by modern day Elmer Gantries, but Asbury looked at cynically or mockily. What do we want? Good point. Um, is some of the enchantment we are longing for? Absolutely. And that's part of that's part of what's gonna draw people because en- enchantment is about um, it, it's it's this it's it's very much related to being wooed, to falling in love to not being the master. It was Ian McGilchrist at the beginning of this, he has this short little book on Amazon that's a lot shorter than the um, Master and His Emissary where he basically walks through the same things. And, And he begins that, I've read it a couple of times on my channel, he begins that with a quote from Owen Barfield, basically noting that to the degree that we have desired control over outcomes, um, it's, that's an inverse relationship to enchantment. So you're very much right. Um, I was one of those guys who wants Paul to be the reformed Jonathan Pajot and instead he's being a gently and lowly pastor. <laughs> I am who I am, Matt. I am who I am. And I, yeah, I want, I want. I, I love the Reformed faith. I am Reformed, and that's on a lot of people's lists about things they'd like to change about me. But um, I, I, I'm 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 probably too much a devotee of C.S. Lewis and um, mere Christianity that I do know that being Reformed won't be for everyone, and so if if people come closer to Christ by joining the Orthodox or the Catholic or the Methodist or the Baptist, or, you know, I'll tolerate your theological errors. Um, but I, I just want you, um, yeah, I just want revival in your life. Oh, look at this pretty picture for, uh, from Asbury. I uh, can't point out the rainbow. <laughs> some of you following this corner carefully will recognize that. All right, let's see what else we got. Is this something like will be studied, investigated in a series? oh, you better believe it. That's going to happen more. I mean, um Lerman, TH Lerman, I mean she's she she sort of embedded herself in a um in a vineyard church and and wrote a couple of really good books on it. Um, and so there are going, this is going to be, there are going to be journalists, sociologists, anthropologists of every stripe going down to this school to uh, to study this like you wouldn't believe. And um, yeah, let's see. Who else we got here? I wonder if those who have been convicted of sin and experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit would say that they have a meaning crisis. After, they will probably say they were having one. Um, oddly, Paul doesn't want to be reformed. Jonathan Peugeot or Jordan Peterson. He doesn't want to lead. Very sad. No one wants to lead. Oh, except Mark. Mark wants to lead. Do you want to lead, Mark? Do you want to lead, Mark? Um, I. It is not that I don't want to lead. It is that I have my own ideas about leadership that I, in fact, I am using And, um, yeah, and those of you who are um, paying attention can probably see the ways in which I like to lead. And um, I'll see you in Chino. Let's see. I used to yell at Paul in his comments in, like, 2021 to get him to take the bull by the horns, probably for the best that he hasn't. Hey, Paul, do you have any advice on how to navigate the left-right distinction in our lives? Seems like both are confirmed, yet subservient to the God of the Bible. Well, you know, this whole political left-right, I mean, Nate said something really good about left-right distinction, which is true that in the American political spectrum, it's amazing how quickly the warring parties in American politics can can uh, come together and what they come together on is an indication about what they're really for. So the, the American culture war is a Christendom civil war in many respects. And those issues are playing out all over the West. So I, in many ways am a, um, before I learned a lot from Jordan Peterson, I learned a lot from Tim Keller. And so, um, yeah, color me winsome in a lot of different ways. I guess me and Gavin Ortlund too, another, another winsome guy. I don't, I try not to get, it doesn't mean I don't have opinions about left-right stuff. I've also got critiques of both sides. So i just rather talk about the things themselves than necessarily have a big flag with an L and an R because I don't really find that, that particular low resolution perspective to be the most helpful in actually trying to work through life. Um, if Paul had become the reform Shorten Peterson in 2021, we'd be, I, gosh, I, I got a, I got an email from one of these gold companies wanting to be a sponsor of my channel. <laughs> They wanted the demographics of my audience. (laughs) We think that your channel might be a good fit. I probably, I don't think think I'll. And even though I I listened to Jordan Peterson's talk with the gold guy, super interesting, super. He had all kinds of ideas I never thought of. I really like that. A lot of the best parts of the conversation, partly because they're towards the end and Peterson is now going a good long time with his guests. A lot of the best parts of the conversation do come at the end, partly because in the last 30 minutes or an hour on the daily wire, exclusive part of the conversation, Jordan sort of swits and switches into rando's mode and begins asking more personal questions, which is exactly what I've done here. See, so he, you. He, he, You know, you know, Matt, you want me to become the reformed Jordan Peterson? Why doesn't Jordan Peterson become the Chris, become the uh, Jungian Paul Vanderclay? Let's switch this around a little bit, Matt. Um, Jordan's clearly taking from my playbook. (laughs) Oh... I wonder if those who have experienced a personal conviction of sin and felt the presence of the Holy Spirit would say they have had a meaning crisis or need secular or atheist input to get over it. You know, you gotta be a little careful with some of these things. I have people I'm very close to who are former Christians who have participated in all of this stuff and they've walked away. And and this again is where you can sort of Overhype this stuff for some people. They will, what's happening right now in Kentucky will change them permanently. Think about the parable of the soils, I preached on that last week. Think about the parable of the soils. What Jesus says about the parable of the soils will continue to be true in revival. Some people will, it falls on. <laughs> There was a, there was a, there was a tweet, there was a tweet, um, where this was this young woman basically telling, you know, leave men alone. My life is too full to have a man in it. it's like, there's the hard ground. Some people will spring up, but their, their fruit will be, will be strangled by the anxieties of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Some people will spring up and, but their soil, their shallow soil. And they won't, and others will bear fruit. The Jesus parable of the soil re- continues to be true, and it will be true for those who pass through this moment too. How close is Asbury to the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark Encounter? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out, shall we? Um Ark... Ooh, William's... Oh, there's the Ark... Oh, look at that big parking lot. So da, da, da. No, they're not close to Ark Encounter. So Ark Encounter is north of Lexington, and um and this place is south of Lexington. And you know, you know this is the Bible belt when you have a you know you find these towns named Berea. Um so Nope, not too close to the Ark Encounter. Do you love the theology of the Reformed traditions or the tradition as a body? Is that a question for me, Luke? Um, That's a good question. I'll have to think about that. I I love... That's a good question. Hmm, I'm going to think about that, Luke. Um ooh, grail country. <laughs> Mark Lefaber continues to be the reverse barometer of truth with stunning accuracy. Oh, we've got another fight. Wait, so we got we got Mark and Anselman on one side and we've got Grail Country on another. So wow. The gloves come off, sir. Oh, Nechama. Paul, how dare you not be an AI program? We can all reprogram to our whims and egotistical fancies. (laughs) I'll tell you, Eamon's son at Thunder Bay had this little computer game program where he had a little me, a little Peugeot, a little Verveke, a little Jordan Peterson had us all battling. (laughs) Had us all battling in this little arena. It was hilarious. Oh... Oh, Charlie Campbell. I still got to read your email. Sorry about that. (laughs) PKAI is what we should prefer. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Bazani, Mark LeFevre. We were talking the other day about training the AI on this little corner. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Paul Vanderbot, Here it comes. Um. Paul Vander fired. <laughs> it's not Gold's fault. That's true. I, I just don't. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been approached before by people who would like me to do um, paid endorsements and have have little have little commer- have little advertisements within my videos, like Daily Wire does and stuff. I, I just find that distasteful. I mean, it's already annoying enough to have a monetized channel. And then when you hit those things and you got to fast forward through them. I mean, that's why I got YouTube premium. So I don't have to do that. Um, I like Nate and Mark, but not on purpose. It just happened. Me too, Phil. Me too. I love them both. Um, Oh, finally, Chad showed up. We've been, I talked about you already, Chad. So you have to go back and find it. Um, Chris is late to the game. You know, bring up the Hesley and say, yep, yep, yep. We talked about that. That's important here. Um... <laughs> let's see. Now we have Jordan Peterson trademark. I'm very glad we have the free church of Vanderclay. Oh, let's see. Ah, oh, here he is. Remember him, body. Um, yeah, Grim, we heard about that. I, I saw that you were having round two with Mark and, and, and there was drama. There was drama. I'll have to look it up so we can find the drama. All right. Um, I am going to now open the room to visitors. Who wants to come in and play? Who visitors here comes the chaos (laughs) well i'm sure it's a shock that i showed up (laughs) i I thought okay is it gonna be mark is it gonna be chad is it gonna be luke (laughs) all of the above all of the above all right
6: let's hear it yeah i don't know i was like uh I don't know what you talked about earlier in the stream. I wasn't sure if anybody was going to touch it, but like, so I kept, cause I don't, I don't pay attention really closely to things going on. I just, I see headlines and then I'm like, that's weird. And so uh, I kept seeing this damn Asbury revival thing. And I'm like, what is that? So weird. And then I started, I, I, I listened to like one of the videos and I thought, Oh, they're just doing the church music thing. That's yeah. And then I was like, in the the live, like one of the live, like seven hundred and fifty people watching. And then I started asking questions, and they said this thing started nine days ago, and they've been going. I'm like, whoa! And then I started like listening to it, and I'm just an emotional little bitch, like Luke. So, I, <laughs> so I'm like just sitting there between between my grouting and stuff, and I was like getting emotional because i'm like this is really weird man why am i getting so moved by this and I, I think it's a good thing i just don't know what to make of it and yeah but there's you like just a love
7: lot. the lord chad you love yeah. him
6: there's a lot i don't know what to make of i mean th- this morning my brain kind of got broke a little bit by a lot of things grim Grizz brought up some stuff he was talking about uh uh, the this movie White Noise, and then what happened uh, with the thing, and then like this is all weird. I don't know what's happening, but things are weird.
0: <laughs> Look at that lantern black and white.
7: I know I was following Jess P, he went to black and white, so I copied him. <laughs>
3: Speaking yeah. of crying, crying, criers. <laughs> <laughs>
7: You know, Paul, I actually, so I was, uh, I grew up Methodist, was confirmed Methodist. And so, like, I'm sure you were a nice teenage boy. You were reading about John Calvin while we were reading about <laughs> John and George Wesley, right? Yeah. And I actually looked at some Wesleyan colleges, uh, and I had actually went, thought about the, going to Asbury. That was one of the schools. And that Wesleyan Holiness movement. But here's the thing that's interesting. Like, I also live in, in Kansas City, and IHOP would just point out to the Asbury Revival, uh, we've had a 24-7, 365 prayer room going since September of 1999, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there, but there still are like, there still are those Methodist rails and you know what, like you, yep. Orthodoxy would talk about that, um, you know, uh, It can be a wildfire, but you need to have a fireplace for your fire or you can burn things down. Like and they dealt with this in the 70s because they talked about this like in their literature and stuff, even in the 80s when I was looking at it. And so, you know, some of this chaos order stuff, I mean, it's really interesting. Like I think they'll be and that's why I said I think they're more particularly situated to 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 kind of filter out some of the stuff. And I love the Ortland's parents because the one thing he talked about was honesty like it was honest and was repentant. I, uh, I'm this weird charismatic that is highly suspicious of charismatic services. (laughs) Like I was, I was the Holy spirit guy in my group, but there's, there's a difference. Like, and I think one of the things that really struck out to me is like a fruit of the spirit is self-control. I have been in those rooms where it is authentic. Now weird things are happening. Don't get me wrong. But there also is a control about it, like it, it's, it, and I think that's a true mark of of a real outbreak of the Holy Spirit, is there's a self control to it. Yeah, yeah. And that woman when she was seventy talked about there was this fear, but not afraid. You know that sense yep. when you're in the presence of God, yep. like you are overwhelmed. You are it is you are more unworthy than you've ever been, but more never more accepted and loved. Yep. And there becomes this. It's very reverent, and it is not raucous. Yep. yep. Although wild things are happening, so it's yep. just. And I don't know if anybody's ever been in the middle of that. Um, if you if you have to have experienced it to, I, I just I can't describe what that is unless you've been in a room where something like that has happened. Yeah. And so um, I I'm really tracking this because again, although. I mentioned to you one time uh, about two years ago. I felt like orthodoxy felt more like to me like the Methodism of my youth. Hmm. And as I've gone back and watched Ch- Charles, uh, John Wesley, and there are there are, he, you know how how we were different and all these things. Like it it uh, not just the theology, but like the hymns and all these other things. Like I was almost programmed for this as a young man in the Wesleyan movement.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: So it's got a, a lot
6: of woo to it, but the kind of woo that I like, which
4: Yeah,
6: is, the good woo. Yeah. Well, because you said there's some weird stuff that can happen. I'm like, I like weird as long as like feel good weird, you know? Not like the the other weird stuff that I pointed out before. But uh I'm weird, so of course <laughs> drawn to the weird. Water finds its own level, of course, is how I find you weirdos. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Paul, oh, Lance made me a really cool Valentine's Day woo Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it.
0: I shared it with you.
7: <laughs> oh, the, was it the Peugeot one? I did that one and then I made another one. Which one? What's the other one you like? The Valentine or the uh, woo porn meme? The, the woo, woo porn. <laughs> the woo porn meme. I, I made a meme where I called, he was the wooer of the decade.
6: <laughs> if I, I look gr- especially I, creepy, if I could grow a mustache, I would grow one just
7: like Luke. I want to. Oh, be- that's so nice. Oh. So, Paul, here's a question that that would be that I think would be curious for you because I've went to I would just call John MacArthur type churches and so on and so forth, and it's very buttoned up. Yeah, and. and but also then you have all these calvinist missions and then if you're in patterson i know what that would look like in terms of the enthusiasm like in terms of some of these kind of outbreaks these organic outbreaks like within the calvinist or reformed churches like can you point to some is it just more at the level or have there been some of these like maybe larger outbreaks
0: well the vineyard the vineyard church is basically presbyterian charismatics so look at John Wimber and mm-hmm. Peter Wagner. So it's, it shouldn't at all be surprising. And there's real differences in the Presbyterians about this, because you find other Presbyterians like MacArthur and his tribe who are cessationists, cessationists and, they, and, and they, they say all this stuff is you know, anything that has any element of healing or the miraculous, that all of this stuff is apostasy. So there's that group too. But it's helpful for people to remember that Calvinism in America is beneath almost all of the major evangelical traditions, either Calvinism or breakaways from Calvinism. Even Arminianism is a Calvinist heresy. And so, so you, America was founded by tobacco growers and Calvinists. And some of those tobacco growers were Calvinists, and so it's it's hard to scratch any American evangelicalism and not find Calvinism underneath.
6: I I got a question, Paul. So I, there's been a lot on my mind this morning about it, it's. I guess it's, it's it is related. Um. So okay, so I don't want to weird you guys out, but so oh weird away, come on, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> brings up this thing okay so there's that that train that wrecked over in east palestine ohio okay now apparently there was a movie put out by netflix earlier in the year that has the same town and the same uh uh accident of a train wrecking and then causing all this
0: chaos in their town now is that a coincidence or not could be the tracks are bad or the geography is problematic for trains (laughs) <laughs> i mean if you have a bad stretch of track you're probably going to have train accidents at a more reliable rate than you would in other places right what why is it people go off the Hot road take. on a curve <laughs> so right but, or it could be something else
6: yeah yeah because i mean okay so it's not only train wrecking but it's a chemical spill it's all this stuff that's happened. it's very like the same which is very weird but I've, I've I've been thinking about a lot of the weirdness that has happened over the last couple of years, as as it relates to just just kind of like this having a strong sense of being gaslit, but then having a strong sense that there's a parallel realm that that we're like interacting with, that you can sometimes see. Yep. And then I was thinking earlier in the year, I was um, listening to a uh, um, a radio broadcast uh, that was out of Detroit um that was broadcasting the Howard Stern show during the 9-11 and I like it was interesting because I i never listened to it before but I was listening to it earlier in the year I was like wow you get to see September uh, uh or September 10th 2001 basically and then you're walking right into September 11th 2001 and it was just yeah. a weird thing to to listen to that broadcast and I think there's a lot of unresolved um it's like this unresolved wound or unhealed wound that we haven't really addressed as a, a nation. We've kind of wrestled with it a little bit, but as it relates to like how we see the world in general and the meaning crisis, all this different stuff, it's like, you, we, you know, I'm not trying to talk from a conspiratorial mind or, or anything like that. I'm just saying how we've been affected in a lot of ways that I don't think that we've really addressed or been able to address. And it's just interesting me so this is what my mind's going through all day while I'm you know doing this damn tile down there and painting like what kind of a weird world do we live in and uh, I mean I know I've had a very woo experience with my with being uh with my conversion so I I don't think any of that's strange I don't find any of the woo strange at all I think it's very a very very real thing that we can't even begin to grasp um but or at least put any like real um explanation to it but i don't know i just i don't know what the question is i just think you know how do we move forward and how do we address um some of these unresolved things that we have not been able to look at together as a real collective i like is this andrew this guy down here? hey andrew
8: Andrew, hey, I don't know if I've met Andrew. You haven't. I've been meaning to send sign up for a um a, a session with you for months now, but I'm I've, I've been well, while I compiled a list. Uh, but this situation is just too much for me to resist. <laughs> uh, because I guess since spring, I've been expecting it. Why? Well, um, spring is about the time uh, I started taking um, Doctor Peterson seriously, hmm. uh, and um, and when when I saw what you were doing, you and Jonathan, John Verbeke and and Mark Lefever. Yeah right. And LeFevre, <laughs> yes, Mark LeFevre, right. Um, I I've just I've known that something big would be developing, and 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 this part of the picture doesn't really surprise me.
0: So you I mean see, you know you see how this into as... the
8: you know I've been praying for it for fifty years.
2: Mm. One,
1: of, well, those
6: yeah, one of those guys.
8: Here it is. Great.
6: What what is it that you're praying for? I'm I'm just curious. What is
8: well? If if you remember my remark, um, it's not exactly clear. It's not exactly obvious that everybody is praying for the same thing. And um, and quite frankly, I have never been entirely sure what I was praying for. Because along the way, I've noticed a lot of things that I didn't want to be praying for, hmm. like the outbreak that came just before the Civil War,
4: mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And the,
8: the there's lots of variations on that, that I've definitely had second thoughts about praying for.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean... America is still America, and what's going on, if you read American history, this is all deeply, deeply American. The stuff has been going on, little and big cycles all along, so yeah, not unusual, not unusual. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Well,
6: if anybody wants to, I'd, I'd like to in the future uh, sit down and listen to that radio broadcast with some people, and they can react to it with me. I don't have streamyard or anything, but if anybody wants to dedicate one of their streamyard uh sessions to that, I think it'd be interesting to go through it and just listen and and really like maybe comment on like just it's just it's, it was really interesting to see in real time.
0: It was like it's, weird. It's the September 10 or the September 11. It was September Eastern.
6: 11. It was September 11th, but I say it's the world of September 10 because it's right right, right before it and then the towers hit, and then they come down and everything's happening in that show. And you can see the, 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 the wonder and the, the, the speculation and the, and like the, the vitriol and all of this. And it's like, I think something, something was born then. Uh, um,
8: Chad, what were you saying about September 10th?
6: Just the naivety
0: this is very much day of the lord so when you read and you go all the way back to the book of joel big theme in scripture apocalyptic the day of the lord and so september 11 is a day of the lord as is this um asbury moment and the day of the lord is this disruption of the banal of the normal order and it can be a breakout of its chaos and order. It can be a breakout of opportunity and a breakout of calamity. And no, I think that's, you know, a lot of what you're picking up on then, Chad. Mm-hmm. So.
8: Chad again, though, what, what was Chad saying? Hi, Grim. Uh, Chad saying about um, September 10th.
6: Well, what I'm saying is, is when you listen to the radio broadcast, it, it all happens on September 11th. But... But it, right before any any information about the towers or anything, that is the world of September 10th, right? It's the world before things change. Oh,
8: Yeah, I got it. Yeah, right, right, right.
6: Yeah, and and it's mm. there's a it's like this. There's a weird bubbliness to it too. It's like this bubbly weird, and like and then all of a sudden, bang! You're like, welcome to the world, and it's just. It's incredible. Uh, for me, now, I, the day before, so I, I landed in um, in Manteca, California, September uh. 10th at about 11 o'clock at night. My dad picked me up from this, the bus station in Sacramento, and I woke up September 11th morning. He said, you got to come see this, and we sat in the garage all day. I remember it like, like it was yesterday, and so that was a very pivotal moment for me all around. It was just a, a very strange Thing, uh, and, and it's something that I've never let go of. And I don't think we again, I, I think we've talked a lot about it, and there's you know, but there's something deeper to it that we that we as a culture haven't addressed.
8: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
9: I like how on September 10th, the Pentagon announced they couldn't find all that money, and nobody remembers anymore because what happened the next
6: day, <laughs> the unseen unseen
8: <laughs> well, guys. Um, it's good meeting you, Paul. Chad, good to see you again and Lance. I'm supposed to be working. So All right. I'm well, going I hope to you
0: get the snag a rando slot sometime. <laughs> and we'll talk right. more. We'll talk again. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Take care. Take care. So Grim, what's what's up with you? You and Chad had a falling out on your you 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 uh you bagged a live stream.
9: That not no. Chad,
0: um Mark.
9: <laughs> no, well, you, how dare you? If you'll remember, I informed you about that by by saying I don't know if I understand confessional church right, but ah. here, and it turns out I also made my DM watch it, which that those two things are interesting combined, and uh, he's now bedridden with a terrible migraine. and Feel guilty, but um, I I. Because of those two factors and and others, today's morning stream was started with an apology, mm. and uh and then Hezi came on and things got real interesting. Ooh. So
0: I'll have to watch it.
9: Yeah, yeah, just just for the Hezi. There's, there's timestamps. You can go straight to him. It's good.
0: Well, I know <laughs> it's you know I am. I tried not to. I've I've been trying not to be an internet pastor, but it seems to keep finding me. So. um I do. I do pay attention to the relationships between the uh, um, the the differing the differing aspects of this little corner. So,
9: well, yeah. we're doing this. Uh, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry, sorry, Grim.
9: Go ahead. We're doing these Deadwood watch party things, and there's mm-hmm. these two characters like Cy Tolliver and Al Swearengen, and, and that's what that stream kind of felt like it was, and like they. In the community, there's people that don't get along, and there's the way that people who don't get along still get along, and I think Mm -hmm. there was some feeling of that, feeling out of that happening there.
0: Yep, yep, that's 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 the way and I I it doesn't bother me if you get if you get three people in a room and you're in a room long enough, two of those three people won't get along over something. It's people.
6: <laughs> you just described the inside of my head. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, what, what what, do you think? Grim, have you had any insight onto this? Have you followed this Asbury thing at all? Do you have any thoughts I on this? I saw it on too?
9: Chad, and I caught a couple minutes of your coverage. Okay. Most significant to me is how close it is to where the eclipses cross. I just researched that this morning.
0: Okay. All right. Well, and but that sort of brings in Chad's point, too, about uh, Verveke in his conversation, in the Four Horsemen conversation with Peterson, Peugeot, Bishop Barron, and Verveke uh, had a nice section on science is supposed to, in a sense, flatten the world. All knowledge is supposed to be um, ubiquitously accessible by everyone. That's what science does. But the world is not flat like that. And um, there are insides and outsides to knowledge. I I preached about that in my sermon last week. Um, Well, Let me ask you guys a question. Should I post? So, you know, a few weeks ago, um, Pete, Pete's our new bulletin secretary. Pete accidentally posted my sermon on my channel. I go to my channel. I look at the analytics. It's like, well, why the bump? And then I looked at like, I didn't post that. And I figured out that Pete had posted it on the wrong channel. But that got me. And then Grim, you did a you did a thing on it, which, which was really enjoyable. But I don't usually post my... I post my rough drafts of my sermon on my channel, but I don't post my final draft. Should I post that on my channel or not? The sound usually isn't very good and it's a different kind of thing. So I've never really wanted to post. I do post my Sunday school because that's a little more like what I do on my channel, but I'd I'd be curious about your thoughts on that. I think so. I I like them. I mean, I thought it was
6: just as long as it doesn't take, you don't use that as a excuse to not make an extra video. Then, yeah, I think it's great. I thought it was really good. I mean, you, you <clears throat> find people who trip over you in that way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I like it. I have no objection against that.
0: My my Sunday comment is the most are the most reliable types of videos that people unsubscribe for. <laughs> it should <laughs> tell me something.
7: <laughs> you know, I don't know. I faithfully watch your rough draft of Sundays. And so, I mean, if you follow that and if you know, you know, I pop in on your services, you know, yeah. probably once or twice a month. Um, it's pretty much you have kept, you know, you might tweak something a little there, but you're pretty good. By the way, I never comment on your sermons as a guy who was getting prepared for the weekend. I just never want to confuse that process. I, don't confuse, I can't tell you How many times I've woken up, on, I've literally woken up on a Sunday and said, I don't think, I don't think I have this right. And so I have to go like completely different direction. <laughs> um so i think yeah i think the thing that i like about the rough draft the sunday is it feels like your normal conversations on here yeah and it's it's just it's so consistent and 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 you're and you're you know it basically covers about 98 percent i yeah. mean every now and again you can see a big shift
0: like yeah you, every now and then i change it up but
9: yeah okay, i good impact. i think i said, said as much in the one that was accidentally posted that like I'm not going to go troll a church channel, but I'll troll PBK. <laughs> so putting them here exposes them to that. And I think they're better where they are. Mm. And Good point. And we, I like that, Grim. Yep. And we get we get aversion already. Okay. I mean, if people are interested in how much it changes from one day to the next, do you link to the church channel in the, There is
0: a link. There is a link beneath in the general notes that I put everywhere. There is a link to the church channel. And, um, and it's, and for a long time, you'd have to go look in a service and it's kind of hard to find, but now that I've got, so Marshall and Pete is now the bulletin secretary. And so he has got some more computer skills. So now he's isolating the sermon and putting them separately on the church channel. So they're much easier to find on the church channel now. so
7: I could just say, if you can't, like, if you can find your way to your channel, in 2023, if you can't find your way to find the living stones, I don't know what to do for you, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> Although, you would be surprised, Lance. There's a lot of
6: living stones out there. Yeah, that's true, too.
9: There's um, a lot of people who've never been locked up and had to be on the internet before, too. <laughs> and people older people who haven't been that into computers and stuff, so. Yeah.
6: I like how you put that, Grim, because like I, I get the same. Somebody has made a comment once to me about, oh, you know, Chad's gonna love this and he'll do something with this. And I'm like, I don't typically touch anything that's dawn- going on as far as it, as it relates to Living Stones because it is interesting that there's it's like there's unsaid border you just don't touch. I think that's very interesting to me. Um,
7: and you've come and you and you've compartmentalized this, right? And I think those. There's a time and a place for everything. I think Living Stones lives exactly where it's supposed to live. All right. Personally, I'll keep. way they are.
9: Additionally, if Pete makes any more mistakes, please task him with organizing your playlists. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go to if you go to this channel and then over to the playlist and see all. You'll understand why that would be a punishment for Pete.
0: <laughs> he he's
9: already struggling
0: with the playlist just for the church. <laughs> YouTube's not Pete's. Pete went to when Pete went to school, Pete's a little bit older than I am, also went to Calvin, but he he studied COBOL. So that was that was back when he was learning computers, which for which there still is a market today. People are looking for COBOL programmers because they're all getting old. Um, all right. Good.
9: Well, yeah, think I going back to Asbury real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's like now that, oh my God, even PVK's channel is talking about it, that that's going to like turn it into a like magnet for people that need it to start going that way. And is that how those things pop off historically?
0: No, they, they start very organic. And if you, I'll well, put that, the it, links
9: That started organic. We, we're past the starting, right? Because we're covering it now. So. Well,
0: that's what's interesting about now, in that there are new principalities and powers, like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, and there are sub-principalities beneath those that this revival is going to... I mean, even the difference, let's say, between this and the Kansas City revival which was pre social media. So this is going to be different still. I mean you can go to YouTube and just get somebody's got a little camera there. They're just in that chapel. There it's happening. And and you know you can find it on TikTok. So how this thing plays out none of us know. Revivals are wild things. And wild I don't mean crazy. I mean, they're not domesticated.
7: The thing that I think that I think that's the protection here, having it be a part of a university and having had the experience in the 70s or whatever, it's not going to be a church with a charismatic pastor, which is going to be, which is where we're going to build the tent around the transfiguration because they will be a Wesleyan holiness movement university 15 years from now. It just happens to be this thing happening in their chapel and on their campus.
0: Yep, yep. And and you don't, like I mentioned earlier in the stream, the reason Korea is Christian was because there was a revival at the beginning of the 20th century that converted a quarter of the Korean people. Now, when I say revival, I don't mean a meeting. I mean, these things can go weeks or they can go years. And you just see this cumulative effort Transforming a people, and then they eventually trans. I mean, the the great awakenings in American history. These are big, big things. They can be, it might not be. There's often just these little revivals that happen in one little place. They go for weeks or months or maybe a couple of years, and then they just sort of it's these are spiritual. And I mean that this is this is something coming that is that has people and it takes control of a narrative and There's a whoosh,
7: and well, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, Paul. You're obviously not doing this, but the grift machine, because as I'm very curious about this, the grift machine is out from the the the, the charismatic stuff and everyone else. The grift machine is all over this with their own opinion and bent, and uh, that's been really interesting to watch on the on the social media side. Yep, yep.
0: And so that, and again, now this is. One of the most preeminent happenings since, you know, so, so this is the first TikTok revival, let's say what on earth is going to happen with that, you know? And so I, you know, I would, I, I mean, what happens if Jordan Peterson decides to fly down and
7: check out chapel? Um <laughs> Wait till it breaks out. Wait till it breaks out at Calvin College, Paul. Then we know. Then
6: we know. <laughs> <coughs> I'll be interested in seeing if it if it passes the two week mark that we see all the other stories die in. Yep. Well, you know,
0: like, you know, Lance mentioned Kansas City. IHOP still goes on. The the uh the that the the, the great eye of Sauron has a very short attention span.
6: Mm. Would you say that Maybe, well, maybe you wouldn't, maybe nobody would, maybe it'd be bad to say, but maybe over the last couple years, there's been something like a slow burn revival happening in the corner here.
0: Oh, definitely. That is very much how I've, and go through my videos. You've heard me talk about the Jordan Peterson revival. Mm -hmm. It is, it's slower, but a lot of the same hallmarks, truth, scripture, community confession they're there mm.
7: yeah and i think it's interesting and i think mark pointed out which is like what's what's the term of the revival what or what that because that's kind of like you hear that talked and that's kind of like this widespread sweeping like maybe national movement versus these inbreakings at the specific spot in times where it appears the veil between heaven and earth disappears and and it just comes into that moment right and so those things happen. And like what's really interesting is so that Jess and I are from Kansas City. And I've been in the IHOP prayer room more times than I can count. I've never been to a service because as I, can't, I can't buy on to some things that are happening on there. And here's what's come around that movement. there is, If you go in that prayer room, prayer room, I'm telling you, things that will blow your mind happen are authentic and real. But there are also people who sold everything they had, moved to Kansas City, were taken advantage of. So there's this whole weird – there's this weird, like, almost uh, subcommunity that comes around it, and there can be parasites, and there's all this other stuff. And, and yet they found their way to survive through all that fall, you know? Yep. Yep. There were some upheavals. Mike Bickle is uh, – has he, he actually – he was uh, saved by the same guy that my seminary leader was saved by back in the 70s. Like in Kansas City, there was one guy who ran around and, like, literally – had about fifteen high school guys that he brought to the Lord. He's the guy who talked to the waitress, and they would come to believe in the ward. And the Lord had that gift, and they all became leaders around Kansas City. So, he he kind of he knows how to kind of deal with the chaos and order. And so it's this weird. It's been this weird thing that it survived this long, but it still has all the elements you're worried about, and all the, and all the beautiful wonderfulness you would expect.
8: Yep. Yep.
6: Well, my wife just got home. Love you guys. Right. Love Peace you, Chad. Peace, Chad. Take care.
0: All right, Aaron and Richard, you guys, something you got to, you wanted to contribute to this? Yeah, um, or you just Richard wanted to be first. part of the show. A bit of both. <laughs>
1: uh, well, okay. Um,
6: I just it was really interesting. Um, what makes this special is really that they're just uh, continuing. Uh, worship for a prolonged time it's not anything too wooish. Because I was watching some stuff over Bethel and you know some people warn you know of that church because it's like trying to be new agey. Uh, but to me it feels
2: sad because it seems like they're trying too hard to be spiritual. Hmm. And what's cool about this is that all they did was you know worship God. <laughs> like that. that
6: That's all, you know, that's all that, you know, all the liturgy has to do is just worship God. It doesn't have to, you know, try to sell anything. So I think that's what's really cool about it. And I was wondering, what's your opinion on that? No, I think
0: that's, I think that's, I think that's right. That's, that is what's cool. I mean, if you watch the video of the, of the chapel service where this starts, it looks like how many chapel services on how many American evangelical campuses and yep. then again, the, the woman, the student body president who was on um, who was on Tucker Carlson said, you know, what sort of tripped it off, this was her testimony, what sort of tripped it off was and this is very common in these settings, someone comes forward with public confession of sin. Mm. And that hits people because suddenly because what you get what you get is this veneer of respectability. And a layer of guilt underneath and a feeling of dishonesty. That's, again, where honesty comes, this feeling of dishonesty. And someone can't take it anymore. It's the same with the testimony that Gavin Ortland had. Can't take it anymore. and just says, I want to be known as a sinner. And I want to be, I want to be, I, I would rather, I would rather take the reputational hit and just have my, just have a clean conscience and a clean soul then continue masquerading and then there's this emergence underneath of people who are like i've been carrying this sin with me and this secret with me and i can't live with it anymore and then and that's where you get the connection with holiness and worship and and, and so you know with toronto blessing and kansas city you had this other aspect of um Jonathan Edwards, if you read Jonathan Edwards, he wrestles with this. Because in the first Great Awakening, you know, there were these manifestations. And and so the, theologically, they, they had to wrestle with it. And, and the way they sort of came down to it is we don't want to close the door on the strangeness. But just like Lance said, you know, there's sort of opponent processing between order and chaos here. And if you clamp down on too much order, you lose it. And if you let in too much chaos, you use it. And so that's where, again, I thought Glenn Scrivener's conversation with the Presbyterian minister was good because this actually, and you don't see it on the YouTube, but it has to be stewarded. There's a group of people who decides who gets the mic, who gets on stage, um, who, you know, if something's happening, we're going to sidle. I mean, these are all you know, Jedi pastor tricks. You know, we're going <laughs> to sidle up to someone and put our hand on their shoulder and yeah. um, say, "Well, let's let's go to this other room to pray about this in this way." And yeah. so, I mean, that's pastors are managers of all these kinds of things. So there's a lot of that. But no, you know, the the core of it—that's why I started out with this video. The core of it is classic Christianity. It's. Yeah. It's the normal things. And again, there's a division in Christianity over whether we should be expecting and seeking miraculous healing. I'm not a cessationist, meaning I don't believe that these things have ended in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. But it's like Lance said, too, in the tradition of um, all the way back to Jesus. Jesus looks at the crowd and he looks at the crowd and says, hey, you're here for the show and for the food. Yeah. And if you're here for the show and for the food, you're not here for the right thing. Let's get your show and your food somewhere else.
4: Yeah. There's
0: there's a thing. There's the genuine article in this thing. That's got to be what this is about.
7: Yeah, and I think if people will go back, like because when I watched it, I was interested to watch. It didn't happen after an hour and a half of being taken to the heavenlies via the worship leader. This was just a guy preaching and a and a and a, and a simple. Hmm. Uh, young lady wanted to repent, and then that—I mean, that like that's like that was really interesting. It wasn't ecstatic, kind of concert yeah. whipped up emotion. Yep.
9: Yeah. I uh, I don't have a lot, but I want to say that when I watched Chad's coverage, it was basically just the the singing and the growing of it. Yeah. But I when I went when I went to the Super Bowl party, everybody in the room ended up standing for the national anthem and we all rode that wave and like the feeling i got from like that super bowl thing i felt when i was watching the uh watching those people sing just hearing the hearing them it was like the this whole this it's like a sucked into uh yeah. funnel upwards of participatory involvement and it's super powerful stuff
0: it is yeah. it is and that's yeah, that's Protestant psychotechnology of song. Yeah. So, Richard, you're at Biola. People at Biola sort of got some uh, Asbury envy. Well, so I the only
10: thing I've seen is I saw that in the Biola app, someone said pray for the revival Asbury. Um, so that's the only thing I've heard. Um, it's not really getting talked about, at least in my circles, I don't have a lot of Bible major friends, Um, and I also haven't been to any chapels this week, so I don't know if it was mentioned or not um, in those events. Um, When did this thing start? couple of weeks ago oh really it's been going on that long yeah this. um so yeah i i mean i only saw someone talk about it i think that was yesterday or two days ago um so you know i'll just ask around um because i i definitely haven't felt that envy but people are definitely thinking about it Yep. and um yeah we'll see We'll see. Um, it'd be interesting to see if there will be copycat. Well, I don't want to use that word. Um, if there will be, um, if there will be other up, uh, up, um, other grads of this at other colleges. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just reflecting on like. Thinking about revival in a hierarchical way. Because um, one one issue I've always had with Peterson's conception of meaning of re- riding the border between, between order and chaos is that, like John Borbecki points out, it's, it's exhausting. You can't do that all the time. Um, and Like, like, events like this, it's like, you can't do this all the time. You can't cancel classes for a whole semester. Um, and so, how how do those revival moments scale down, um, into smaller events and then also scale out through time? And, um... Yeah, you know, I was reflecting when when Lance was talking, and when I came in here, that you know all of those those camps that those youth group leaders are so good at organizing, th- those are sort of like manufactured revivals, and they're pretty reliable. Um, like I I had a lot of like great experiences throughout middle school and high school, and like we had this term camp high that we that we talk about yeah, i'm sure there was a camp pie after Thunder bay and i'm sure there'll be one in chino and it's like um like my my parish at um my orthodox parish has a monthly um monthly sort of retreat on on saturdays um that's organized through the Rural St. Benedict Society. I haven't been to one, but, but I assume it's the same story of idea. And it's like, what are these experiences doing in our lives? Such a, are, like, what kind of fuel are they? Um, uh, They're flow states. Yeah, right. Um, and
0: and it, flow states can, you know, let's say a body, meaning a, a multi-person extended body can, part- right. can have its own flow state. And this is a massive flow right. state that's happening for an extended period of time. And people right. will come and go during it. So the individuals will right. um, flow through it, but the body is in this flow state.
10: Right. And there's something about like, having one in that big hall
4: mm-hmm.
10: versus having one, you know, in a bible study group or something. Right. Or right. Or, or like he or like here at Viola it's pretty common to like have small worship sets at like ten at night during the week and you'll have like twelve to twenty people there. Yep. And, and you know those are those those are pretty powerful, but yep. there's there's something about scaling up to bigger numbers that um gives it a different function so leonard payne i don't think we've
0: met say something
11: hi there i'm uh, located in england in chesterfield Oh, where, where is that in england it's uh, it's in the Midlands. It's about a hundred and twenty miles from London. Um, Hi there. I'm uh, located in
0: England. I'm. Oh, oh, bit of bit of an that? echo there. Um, it's uh,
11: it's in the Midlands. It's about. Turn off
0: the um, turn off the the audio on your um, on your browser where you were watching it before you joined into Streamyard. A echo there. Um, uh, Just a second. Turn off the. Uh... There we go.
10: There we go here
11: yeah. i don't know how that's a uh, second i don't know how, well, you how it to turn out it out again.
0: you should be able to hear you can't hear us through streamyard
11: yeah. no i can i'm not in yeah i'm in streamyard i can hear I you know all i
4: okay. can hear
10: you all but i don't I, know how, how to turn it, off. Turn it off. so can, so just pause pause the youtube no, video Pause the YouTube
0: video on YouTube, not StreamYard.
4: I
10: Pause the YouTube video on YouTube, not StreamYard.
11: Okay, just a second. Uh, no, I'm using StreamYard in a browser.
0: Right. So close the tab that has YouTube on it. Okay. Oh I see. Yeah. is that better perfect can you still hear no, us yeah.
11: yes i can so all right we're set I, i'm located yeah I, I closed down the youtube in the browser that's what it was we were getting. now i'm um i I've, I've, I've been a lurker for quite a long time i'm a, a retired priest well you never retire from being a priest but i'm a retired <laughs> minister in the church of england um located in the midlands for many years, uh, for 17 years, I was a minister in a very, very rural community um, mm. where I used to say we shoot our food, um, <laughs> and, uh, which is fun. But um, I've been I've been watching the Asbury uh, outpouring remotely, obviously, because we're miles away. Um, I heard I heard a guy say today um that it can't be a real revival because they're not using the King James Bible. And, um, <laughs> I, I, laugh, I laughed so much the tears ran down my leg. <laughs>
4: uh-huh.
11: um, and, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm not a raving charismatic. I don't run all over the place. Um, the, the Toronto blessing and the out, all those outpourings missed me completely i you know i'm at the end of the day i'm a conservative evangelical i'm an old bible preaching man
4: mm-hmm,
11: but mm-hmm. but i know the holy spirit's power in my life i you know i've been renewed i know uh the power there and there's something about this there's something about this that says this is the real stuff yeah there's 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 things like there's no flim flam. There's no dry ice. There's no electronics. There's no big leaders coming in to take over, yeah. although mm. they're trying.
4: I'm
0: um, sure they
11: are. And uh, it's and there's the, all the hallmarks of repentance, of of um, sharing testimony. You know, testimony makes my hair stand on end. Um, I went to see. Now I'm retired. I have a a pastor in a, in a church, and I went to see her the other day. Um, lovely lady, she has purple hair. Uh, <laughs>
4: and and, um,
11: and uh, you know, I was just sharing with her uh, what was happening in Asbury because she didn't know. People are very parochial. I've got relatives in Buffalo; they don't know what's going on. Um, mm. Buffalo's a like, long
0: way from Asbury. Yeah, from so Kentucky. it's
11: it's very parochial and and. And as I was explaining to her uh, the testimony and sharing the testimony, I was in floods of tears. I don't mm. do this stuff. I don't do that kind of stuff. But it was obvious, and, and she's, she's given me space on this coming Sunday after the service, just before the final hymn, to actually bring... I, I feel like I'm bringing some embers some glowing embers, you know. Mm, as
4: we yeah. testify
11: as we testify. The Lord is glorified. So I, I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Go for it. Does no, it. no.
0: we love it, love it, love it. That's yeah. that's why that's why we're here. So yeah. and and it's it's interesting to me because I mean a lot. Yeah, there's a deep tradition in America of this, but that in many ways, I mean, the U.S. and the U.K. share that tradition. Yeah, because yeah. you know. Go went back and forth over the ocean.
10: Yeah,
11: yeah, yeah it, it is, and it's, it's, it's. Um. Obviously, with, with inside the, um, evangelical tradition in the UK, it is it is very different from the evangelical tradition in the US. For example, the Church of England, which is, um, essentially the Episcopalian Church here, um, mm-hmm. has a strong bible believing evangelical route yep. leave aside all the recent shenanigans <laughs> um, uh, so we won't go there that's a that's a sure. but there sure. is a, there is a sense that um, people are keen uh, i i'm i it's interesting that lent starts wednesday of course ash wednesday yep,
4: yes. and as yep. from
11: thursday i'm starting an eight week prayer course praying through the lord's prayer and we're looking at we're looking at you know um adoration confession spiritual warfare the whole lot uh, as we look at the words lord's prayer there and 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 there's a part of me that believes that it's no coincidence that all this stuff other stuff is happening as well yeah. and 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 i believe that what's going to happen is that there will be there will be signs of renewal taking place through the prayer course it's so all going to start with prayer
0: yeah
11: if it's not if there's no prayer there forget it go home yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: no and that's and that is the pattern that you see through history again and again with these with these movements these outpourings that are yeah. genuine um yeah, it smells genuine, doesn't it, Paul? It does. It does. I I went, I went. clicked onto it and I thought, oh, wow, this. Yeah. You know, the more I dig, the more it's like, yeah, this looks like the real thing. It's yeah,
11: just it's a,
10: all... Yeah. yeah, go on, Richard. It's, it's all the same stuff that these kind of, and me, these kind of people, including me, have been doing for... For you like w- when I watch those videos i know every single one of those songs I don't uh, know any of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, so, so i i i've gone to to uh to uh, american uh conservative evangelical school since the fourth grade so that's almost a decade now and yeah. uh, all all of those songs are in me. And um, you know, t- the right t- testimony is is powerful, and we've been doing it for years. There's an element
7: Yeah,
11: there's an element of humility amongst mm-hmm. those people there that you, you you often don't see. You see lots of flim flam, blah 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 blah. But there's a there's an element of humility there. And, and and the repentance there, there's, there's it's interesting, I was just checking about five minutes ago, they are closing down the auditorium tonight, uh, and they're going to start again tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I, I pray for the leadership, because the leadership there and the, the, the heads of the college, of the university, have been so God-moved, so God-moved in this, that they're just allowing it but but helping it just stewarding yeah. they're like they're like ushers at a wedding
0: yep 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 and it's so it's so difficult it is so difficult oh yeah yeah it is yeah. well I'm, you jumped on leonard i'm gonna i'm gonna close the stream um i usually close that at noon my time at the top of the hour we've gone a little long which is fine um I only like... just
11: discovered you. Sorry. I mean, I've, I've followed you and some of the stuff that you've been doing with some of my friends, like, uh, Mr. French and others and, yes. and, and stuff. Friend. So I'm, 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 I'm tied in very much headwise with what they're doing through social media. Yeah. Um, but I only just discovered this, this stream tonight. Like, so I just jumped on. So,
0: well thank you leonard and maybe next time if i if i get up there i can see where i can see where you are we were in uh, i was in bradford and manchester when i was in the uk last summer so yeah they're
11: um, to the the north and west of us yep, yep we are literally uh if you know where birmingham is yep we're north west of birmingham uh, we're close by Sheffield, which is the other big city there. OK, okay. Um, well, maybe- Chesterfield, Chesterfield is famous because it's central church in the in the center has a crooked spire. It actually hmm. is crooked. Um, and um, and there are some. Are you still there? Yeah, there it
0: is. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Well, it there is are a some, crooked spire. My people,
11: word. <laughs> there are some people that will say the good Lord will straighten it up when they can find another virgin to marry there. But that's, un- <laughs> that's unkind. <laughs> <laughs> that's unkind. Wow. Um, but oh no, it's, my. it's, um, it's unseasoned timber, unseasoned timber. Mm. Now I don't go to that church. It's, it's, it's rather what we call smells and bells. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very high church. Um, when that church got huge at the 1830, they built another church in the town center called Holy Trinity, which is essentially a Victorian preaching box. It was an evangelical <laughs> church, what it was, and for some reason, that's, that's where we
0: are. So, um, <laughs> well, God, God bless you and God bless your uh your beloved town with its crooked spire.
11: Let me know Let me know when the next um, stream is, and I'll try and hop on. And, Richard, I'm sorry that I cut across you there, but bless your heart. No,
10: not, not at all. Blessing <laughs> <laughs> to you as well, All okay. right.
0: Well, thank you both for joining me and everybody who's joined on the channel. And, um, yeah, we will see, see you when we see you. See you later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now.